Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Don't Patronize Me. It feels weird to say that because obviously we have not done this in a while. Um, I'm Anna. I'm Giovanna. And I'm Heaven. And together we are... Don't patronize me. Patronize me. me. (laughs) And I feel like like that was as seamless as it was going to (laughs) be. And I feel like it was actually quite seamless because we didn't even practice. So that was really good. Yeah, that was great. Yes. So obviously we need to address the elephant in the room, which is obviously we haven't recorded this um, podcast in over a a year or something along those lines. Well, obviously Giovanna and Heaven did release um, an episode quite recently, but it wasn't like the three of us. Um, So Giovanna is going to take the lead and say what has happened and where we're going to go. Yeah, well, I guess the short answer is that we went off to uni and um, the long answer is that we went off to uni and we... (laughs) It was just difficult, I guess, to manage our time between you know, our degrees, online school, and also like keeping up with the podcast. Um, I I'm gonna speak on behalf of all of us now, but I we really did love the process at the beginning, um, recording the podcasts, researching. Like it was like it was a fun thing, and we we love doing this. We love recording. Um, and so when we started talking to each other again, um, a lot, a few weeks ago after released the last podcast, we realized that we, we realized our love for this and we really wanted to start it again this summer. Um, so we're very happy to be back. Uh, we're very happy to be, um, continue with this passion, passion project again, because it's very important for us. Um, and, so in this new, let's say, season of the um, podcast, it's going to be us free. Um, last season, <laughs> last season, we had Miss McComb with us, Kira McComb. Um, we're very grateful for all Miss has done for us and for our podcast. But unfortunately, we will, fortunately and unfortunately, we will be continuing just us free. Miss has a lot of exciting things happening in her life and we're very excited for her. But we're also very excited to be continuing this journey Um as free, powerful, young Gen Z women. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that was a really great um summary of it. Um, but yeah, that was just a quick like sort of um summary of what has been going on, where we're gonna go. We also where we want to go is basically we want to make this podcast a more like free flowing podcast where we talk about like kind of current topics. Um, some of them will be more experience-based, like today's podcast, this is going to be more experience-based, and some will be more fact-based, um, and that's when we're going to do a little bit more research. Obviously, we we know, obviously know what the topics we're talking about, but you know, that's going to require some more additional research so that we can speak on it more factually. Um, and today's topic is one, as I said, it's going to be experience-based, and it's going to be living up to beauty standards and how it is being young women in 2021. We are literally surrounded by millions of other people on social media we have tiktok have instagram we have like all sorts of places and how it is living up to those beauty standards and how we feel about ourselves things that have changed obviously with the pandemic and all that and that's basically going to be today's topic which i think is going to be a very interesting one okay so um we're going to start off by just talking about personal experiences i don't mind going first um so essentially like i hmm, uh this is not I've talked to people about this, but basically I was bullied when I was younger for being fat. I was not fat. Um, I was, when I look back on pictures and I actually, when I re- really recently, and when I look back on pictures, cause I'm going to make like a little like 
book, which was really cute. I looked at myself, I was not overweight whatsoever. Like I was a normal child. And even my mom remembers me just constantly asking her mom, am I fat? Mom, am I fat? Mom, am I fat? Because I was called fat at school. And context to that is at the time, so I was born in 2002. So this is like me being a child during the like early to mid to late 2000s. The, yeah, 2000 to 2010, the beauty center was to be like stick, like stick thin. Uh, I know from people that were like teenagers at the time that they would put like their hands around their thighs. And if your ha- if you couldn't wrap it, you were too fat. Like just, you know, that sort of extreme like toxic mentality. So obviously me being a normal sized child, I was considered fat. And, um, and so basically that really changed my perception of me because I always saw myself as fat. I guess it was a little bit of body dysmorphia that never kind of fully became a bigger problem somehow because I feel like my family didn't really feed it that much. They always like, yeah, you're just a normal child. Um, when I hit puberty, I gained a lot of weight. And that's when like those sort of that image of myself almost became realized. Like I was the weight I always perceived myself to be. And, and now the pandemic, I've gained weight because obviously it's not that I'm even eating more. It's just that I don't go anywhere. And that has really affected me um, in terms of my self-esteem. Um, I will go more into that when we go down the topic, but that's essentially just like a background to like, I've basically always seen myself as fat, not necessarily as worthless, but I've never thought my physical appearance was appealing in any way. Um, yeah, so I've also always, always ex- had issues with, you know, um, beauty standards, self-esteem, body dysmorphia, and sometimes it's like so many things that I'm scared of diagnosing myself with these like, you know, names of things like body dysmorphia and stuff because it's just so much that my mind goes through all the time when it comes to my physical appearance. Um, body weight, skin, hair, just being very hairy because like Brazilians are very hairy, <laughs> everywhere on the body, um, you know, just, yeah. And I guess for me, it's such an overwhelming thing that I, I can never not go a day without thinking about it, without thinking about my body, without thinking about how I look like when I'm walking down the street. Um, one of my big main issues is that I just worry too much about um, what people think of me, what people are seeing when they look at me. Um, because obviously we all see each other, see ourselves in a particular way. And most of that, most of the time, the way we see ourselves isn't the way other people see ourselves but my brain doesn't register that. So when I look in the mirror, I see someone that's very overweight, see someone that has really bad skin. You know, I just feel the worst when I look at myself in the mirror. Um, And then, so one thing that I always do when I'm walking around is that if there's like a mirror anywhere on the street or there's glass, I always have to look to see if I look okay. And it's such an overwhelming thing that like a few months ago, it was becoming so bad that I had to tell myself, like I had to go a week straight without looking in mirrors. I had to cover my, all of the mirrors in my room because it was so bad that I was like, I was going down a really, really bad spiral. And yeah, that's just like one thing that I'm always thinking about. Um, And like one thing, (laughs) I've had a lot of, you know, breakdowns in my lifetime uh most of them about body image and stuff like that um and I had one last week um unfortunately and like one thing that my dad said to me was like 
ever since you were a young child, you've always been so complimented by everyone that's ever been like with you. And I'm like, I took a step back and I thought, yeah, like people usually do give me a lot of compliments. But then I also realized that I shouldn't rely on those compliments to make myself feel good. And yes, people may look at me and say, wow, you're beautiful. Or they may say like, wow, you're so intelligent. I'm so inspired by you, blah, blah, blah. But that's that's not what I should, um, what's it called? That's not what I should worth myself on. And it's difficult when a lot of people around you are telling you, telling you good things about yourself, but you can't see that. And it's just, it's hard because you also feel like you're being selfish because you're ignoring what everyone else is saying about you and you're maybe, you know, being dramatic. But yeah, it's just also about controlling that and understanding that everything you feel is valid. Um, but just also learning to control what you think about yourself because it can be very unhealthy. So yeah, that's a bit about my journey and my issues <laughs> with living up to beauty standards. Um, thank you both so much for sharing. Um, with me per se, I like when I was growing up, um, like through primary years, through like most of my secondary years, I wasn't really, it never really occurred to me that like people had negative opinions about other people. Cause like I never had negative opinions about the way that other people looked. So it never occurred to me that other people would have those thoughts about me. But obviously, growing up in the like age that we have, um, that reality was quickly like shattered for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've also had struggles with like, the way that I look and the way that the thought of how other people perceive me um but like I often I don't know I often guilt trip myself for feeling bad about the way that I look because like it's so I'm so well recently I've kind of realized that a lot of my thoughts and like a lot of my insecurities are just entrenched in like fat phobia and it's like it's something that I need to hold myself accountable for but it's something that initially I can't really blame myself for in terms of like the society that I've grown up in, but like I'm really trying to snap out of it. And it makes me feel bad that like I don't like the way that I look because I look overweight, if that makes sense. Um, and I think like going down a different route, like in terms of like my skin color as well, that's also been a factor that also makes me feel insecure because it's just like, I'm attracted to males and so whenever I'm attracted to a male I I always have the thought of like first of all are they gonna like me because I look a bit chunky second of all are they gonna like me because of the skin color because of my skin color um which kind of sucks but again that's just yeah yeah um which by the way that last point would be really great to develop later on obviously like if you feel comfortable sharing that would be something very interesting because I saw something that was like a compilation of like a lot of like black men and how they always say they want like light-skinned girls and how there's like almost like colors and so I'd love to like talk more about that obviously like your experience with that um one thing that like you said that like really resonated with me was the feeling guilty because it's not even that I haven't experienced fat phobia obviously I have like I've I've been told like even by this is a few summers ago by a member of my family, very distant relative, but by a member of my family, 
oh, you must eat a lot or you must like have a sweet tooth because she just assumed that because I'm overweight. Um, and also being really short, I'm one meter 52, 58, 50, 52, 58. Um, my BMI is always going to be very high. So I'm always, by a doctor, I'm always going to be told to lose weight, even though that's very hard for me. Yeah. Um, but like, obviously, I look at myself and then I think, oh my God, you're so far, you're so, you know, all these sort of really triggering thoughts. But then I will look at other people just as I'm walking down the street and I've seen people that are much bigger than me. And then I think, well, here I am thinking I am so far, so like, gross but then I look at these people and I don't even think they are ugly like I don't think they're like undeserving of like love or feeling good about themselves but then I'm looking at myself and I'm much more like I literally had a fan mate turn around to me and she goes I don't know what we were talking about but she goes oh yeah because you're so petite and I've never considered myself petite ever like I've always thought oh my god petite is just not me because I'm not like small and then it kind of hit me that the way you perceive yourself is just not the way others perceive you, particularly when there's a lot of people that are so much bigger than you. So you do feel guilty. But at the same time, this is like such a complex issue. Yeah. And I think that's so important to like point out, like the way that you perceive yourself is rarely the way that other people perceive you. And I think that just also contributes to how I perceive myself because I don't feel like, feel like every single person around me sees me differently. And it makes me really struggle with like getting a grasp on who I really am. Cause it's like, there are these different aspects of me, like physical and like not physical, but like, it just, it trips me out a lot sometimes. And I just get to overthinking and it just, yeah, really bugs me out. Um, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, also going back on what Anna was saying, um, in terms of like looking at other people and you're like, well, they're bigger than me, but I, the first thing I think isn't that it's that like wow that person looks really cool in that outfit or that person looks really beautiful you know and like I'm also very like I've I've said I've been like this for quite a few months now but um because I've been trying to change my mindset but whenever like my mom or my sister talk about like diets or going to the gym or like doing exercise I'm so like you should do these things because you love it and because it gives you energy and because it makes you happy not to lose weight if you want to eat something unhealthy if you want to eat junk food or if you want to eat a snack go for it you know your weight does not define you you look beautiful however however you look whatever shape whatever type you are um but then when it comes to myself, I refuse to allow my, myself to be a bit bigger. I refuse to allow myself to gain weight. I refuse to allow myself to acknowledge that my weight does fluctuate every single day. Every single day, my body looks different. So it's also like that double standard when it comes to myself and other people. And like, I allow other people to feel like that. I allow other people to feel confident with them, themselves, however they look. But when it comes to myself, I always automatically associate gaining confidence with losing weight and that's something that I struggle with every day and I'm trying to get over but you know it's a very different thing different difficult thing when like you said like Kevin was saying fat phobia is so entrenched it's so difficult to get over it when society is built to think unlike that so yeah it's hard <laughs> no like I totally understand because like um with my mom she has practiced honestly the worst practice she has basically done intermediate fasting for very long for a few months now and uh, she likes it and she's definitely lost a lot of weight and like 
I just, I don't know, because obviously, like, I always say my mom is beautiful, regardless of whether size she is. And, and then, like, she really prioritized, obviously, because I have also, like, she has, like, diabetes, so she also needs to regulate what she eats, she needs to eat healthily, and, like, that's fine. But, like, sometimes, I feel like sometimes things she says go borderline a bit too far, and I have to be the person to say on a dustbin. For example, one time, I was like, mom, I really need to eat. Like, it's lunchtime. I really need to eat. And she goes, you know, it's not your stomach that tells you to eat. It's you. And that, to me, is like, that creates... I'm not saying that's for her because she has no problem eating. Like, she'll eat whenever she needs to eat. She's hungry, she'll eat. But for some, that develops into an eating disorder. And that's also why I'm very skeptical of doing diets. Because I feel like with my very control-obsessed... I'm very much like literally the reason why I've been stressed this whole weekend is because I wasn't in control of like a lot of things, but because of my control obsessed completionist sort of mindset, I feel like that's going to go too far. And so instead of slipping into that, I go, okay, I'm just going to eat whenever I feel like eating and I'm not going to lose weight, but at least I'm not going to slip into something that can become extremely harmful and like life shattering. And, um, but like literally where do you see all these like sort of diets? Like people say, oh yeah, I'm a pro on a website go to a magazine, go to a magazine. They have those diets. They're extremely accessible to young girls or go to social media. What is Kim Kardashian, um, um, sorry, promoting? She's promoting those sort of things that reduce your appetite. Those sort of things that like, um, uh, like weight loss pills. You don't need to even go to these very dangerous websites. You go to Instagram, you go to these magazines, you go to like articles on the web, like how to lose way fast and these extremely dangerous yo-yo diets are available to anyone to see particularly young girls so it's not like it's not like even like it's it's literally fat phobia it's literally just fat phobia that's com- always 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 perpetrated even by medical staff because studies have proven bmis are not accurate they're not accurate so it's like it's almost perpetrated by everybody and it's like you you almost feel like you're insane by going maybe being overweight is not like the worst thing in the world Yeah, and I think one of the things that frustrates me the most about it is the way that so many people disguise, or they try and disguise their fat phobia by pretending as though they care about health, like the health of other people, when realistically, that's not what you care about. Like, you could see a skinny person, I mean, not even you could, you do see so many skinny people eating so much junk food. You see all these like runway models talking about how they love to, you know, pig out and eat pizzas and hamburgers and whatever just loads of junk food nobody gives them any shit for it everybody praises them because they're so cool and they're so laid back but as soon as you see a person with a bit of weight to them eating anything that isn't like a vegetable like a straight up vegetable or a straight up fruit people just give them so much slander and it's like you don't care like fat people and skinny people can have like the same diets and people still hate on the fat people so much just because they perceive being fat as unhealthy when realistically so many fat people work out to have the like the um figure that they do because they like the way that they look it's not about health at all it's just it's so frustrating because like like you were saying um Anna how you get you know you get comments from your family and stuff every time I have come back from uni this year every single time my uncle has told me that I've gotten and and I put on more and more weight and it's like first and foremost I don't even see the point in saying something like because you're saying something like that not with the intent to be like yeah you're putting on weight but you look good you're saying it to to like put me down and it's like 
why why do you think being fat is bad why is it bad if I look bigger no I had a similar experience um like my dad he we were just doing something and then he was like oh yeah because you you're getting a bit fatter and I had a very visceral reaction to that like I had like I started sobbing my eyes out and then he told me off for it which made me cry even more because I get panic attacks when people tell me off in a very strict manner um I think you guys know that but anyway um yeah so yeah so I I had a very visceral reaction and my mom was like why did you react and I'm like you don't understand it's not just I understand my dad will always love me regardless of anything else but when you're pointing out something I'm already insecure about I'm not gonna meet that with a oh my god yeah I am a disgusting pig let me run to the gym like do you know what I mean like it's the same thing with my acne like they would love to be like, oh, you have a pimple. Okay, first of all, I have a mirror. But second of all, if I, if you know I am investing in skincare, if I have acne, then therefore it's not my fault anymore. Like it, you just can't control that anymore. And also if I'm 14 years old, pretty obvious I'm going to have acne. Um, but going back to the way thing, I totally understand how that feels. And it's like, what do they expect you to do? To be like, yeah, true. What do you want me to do about that? Honestly, I feel like that's the way that I want to start responding because I don't know what your problem is. Okay, I've gained weight. Okay, and? So have you. What's the problem? I actually don't get it at all. I don't understand. Yeah. That's one period. <laughs> um, but like just hearing to you, uh, you two speak, it's comforting, but also so obsessing that we literally have had the exact same experiences in the last year. Um talking about acne I know I've my skin has drastically changed over the last few months I was looking back at my pictures from last summer and my skin was so beautiful it was glowy it was clear you know and like during summer I was so upset with my skin because I thought it was horrible but now with my skin how it is now and look up looking back at it then I'm like wow you really don't know how to appreciate things until it's gone (laughs) um but like because I've never had like acne like I'm having now currently um it's constantly on my mind like wearing masks in public has been so comforting for me because I've been able to hide it I've been able to go out without worrying about people looking at my skin and like you know scrutinizing it because I don't wear makeup as well I rarely wear makeup so I don't really hide it when I go out um and yeah it just like the fact that it's already constantly on my mind and when people point it out it's like I already know like there's no point in you saying it I already know I already feel bad enough about it like there is no good that that you are doing by mentioning it over and over and over again and it's just some people don't realize that you know it hurts and some people don't realize how overwhelming it already is in your mind and so by them saying one thing it could be a complete trigger that trigger can lead to some some very, you know, very dangerous episodes. And, you know, I've experienced that a lot. And I've but I was I've also tried to understand that I'm not always gonna look my best. Um and what is your best, you know? People change all the time. Like my face is gonna change every year as I'm getting older. My body changes every day, literally. And it's just, yeah, it's trying to separate when you feel most comfortable and when you think you feel the best because sometimes you may look your best physically but you know you may not feel your the most comfortable within your skin um 
yeah I don't even know where I'm going with this now but I kind of lost myself but yeah it's just it's scary to see how our experiences are so alike whilst being such different people and like looking so differently physically it's crazy um well yeah I mean we I think there's like a lot of parallels between acne and, and fat phobia like I think there's a lot of parallels because both of them are not I mean acne even more so it's not inherently harmful it's on your face or it's on somewhere in your body. It's not inherently harmful. It's, it's sometimes it can be painful, and I can speak from experience. It can be painful, um, but it's not world shattering that you have a pimple or a few pimples or a lot of pimples on your face. You know what I mean? Uh, very rarely is it an actual like medical issue that you need to get it checked out. You know what I mean? And so, like for me, it's like because I've always had it, I've kind of gotten used to the idea that my face will always at least have one active pimple, and that's been like that for years now. And I've been doing skincare for a very long time, um, like about two years now. And it took me a very long time for me to even figure out what was good for my skin because I also have very like I have rosacea, I have like very sensitive skin, and and like I just feel like when my parents stopped like when they actually saw like every single day I wash my face I double cleanse I either use a hyaluronic acid or I use a BHA I put cream in the morning I cleanse my face once I put cream and they was saw that and they saw I still had acne it finally clicked for them that it was just something I could not control like it was completely out of my hands but I don't understand why they couldn't just not make comments about it in the first place. Like, even if someone just doesn't want to invest in anything, maybe they don't have the money to do so, which we're not even going to like how being skinny and having perfect skin is classist of in itself. If you, want, if you want to talk about that, that we can definitely do that. But like, it's not even that sometimes people cannot invest in proper skincare that's good for your skin um, because Garnier and Simple, they're not the best stuff for your skin. I mean, it'll do, but whatever, you know? But like, we're not even talking about how like, even if the person just doesn't want to invest, uh, yes. Even if you don't want, like, how, even if you don't want to invest just because you don't want to invest, that should be something that you're allowed to do. Just like if someone's overweight and they just don't want to lose the weight and they just find a way out, they should be allowed to do that. Like, I don't understand what we have. Well, I do understand we have a lot of biases within us and we want to judge other people as a projection of ourselves. But I don't understand why this is no more untold. Like, don't judge other people for the things that they chose to do yeah exactly <laughs> I think like you know we live in a neoliberal world and they love to speak about individual choice and you love to speak about individualism and how we should have control of our own bodies and stuff and yet there's like you're saying there's these implicit bias and you know forcing of people to change their ways into the supposed healthier way but yeah, it's crazy. Um, double standards everywhere, baby. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to go on a small rant about skincare because, you know, I was, like I was saying before, I've struggled with skincare this year and I've spent so much money on skincare in the last few months. Um, and one point I want, the first thing I want to talk about is how expensive it is. Like you were saying, it is so classist. Even the, like the cheapest, like the cheapest forms of skincare we we I would usually gravitate towards those because I'm like I can afford them and you know they should be good because they were approved to be sold right and then there's the the actual products that will actually make a difference and they're just completely out of your budget and it's like people expect you to be taking care of your skin and yet there's such a massive divide that it's um, impossible for you to be putting good things in your skin and so like we'll go for the cheaper options and it will only make your skin worse because they're, they're not 
safe products or they're products that are just, you know, scam products because they're cheap and they're supposed to be good. Um, and a second thing is a lack of ed education on it because it's like people talk about skincare a lot, but I've found it so difficult to find to find clear things of what I should be doing for my skin. It's so difficult to understand how things work, what I should be putting on my skin, what is dangerous for my skin, what is not. And it's it's like very, very inaccessible unless you go to a dermatologist that will specifically look at your skin, tell you specifically what you should be putting, what's dangerous for your skin, what works and what not works. I, I've been able to save quite a bit of money this year because of like, you know, covid and we haven't been going out so i've been able to save a bit of money from my fi my finance loans and i was i was i booked an appointment for a dermatologist um last week the appointment alone was 200 pounds okay that's me just being able to get in a room with a dermatologist it the appointment the appointment was 20 minutes long fair enough he, he it was enough time for him to look at my skin tell me what products I need to be given, giving me medical prescriptions, going through skincare with me. But then it's not just the appointment that you have to buy, you have to buy the products and you have to buy the medicine because it's privately prescribed. One cream alone, this size, people listening won't be able to see, but very small size was 100 pounds alone. One cream, one. And that's a medical cream. So cream that's like, not even luxury skincare, it's medicine. Then I had to buy two different types of antibiotics. Then I had to buy three other types of skincare. I've probably spent over 400 pounds in the last week with skincare. And then I feel so guilty because I'm like, but why do I, why am I forced to spend so much money on solving something that is so natural and happens to literally nearly everyone in the world? But then I know that if I was to clear my skin again, I know I would automatically feel so much better, you know? And it's just kind of like how, you know, how do I keep up with this capitalist culture of just spending money on things that are so natural, but also trying to fit and still feel good about myself. And it's just, yeah, it's it's a crazy cycle that we're stuck in. And it's upsetting that I've had to, you know, spend so much money on things things like skincare on a few products when I could be spending money on like other things that would you know be more worthwhile but yeah it's just really frustrating and I think it's so important to actually like speak more about how classism just affects everything else like for example like you speaking about how um expensive skincare is and it's like literally med medical like it's you know it's medicine and like when you go back to like linking it back to fat phobia the vast majority of the time healthy food is so much more expensive than like fast 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 food is that what's called fast food yeah right yeah like for example a pack like living at uni and like having to do my own shopping this past year has actually made me realize how expensive good food is like going to tesco's having to pay two pounds for a packet of grapes are you being serious like what you can go to mcdonald's and get so much food that will actually fill you up for so cheap and it's like no wonder people are like gravitating towards buying junk food instead of buying like food that's actually sustainable for themselves that you can't blame people and then they get so much shit about it like for example there was a video on foot asylum 
which is so popular, by the way, amongst like young people in the UK. So popular. So many people watch these videos. But anyways, there was this one video on First Island where they were discussing like weight loss. And one of the prompts was if there should be a food cap on fast food for the medically overweight. And it's like, how are you trying to blame these people for like the systems put in place by others? Like, I don't understand at all how you're, you know, paying a hundred pounds for a tiny bottle of something that is medical. It's ridiculous. Like, it's actually so terrible. And the people at the bottom of the social hierarchy are always the ones to blame. Always the ones to blame. When they're the ones that uphold capitalism, if it wasn't for them, capitalism would fall apart anyway. So it's like, what are you, what are you actually, they've broken a system that was meant to be broken, like Anna has mentioned before. You've literally broken a system that was already broken to begin with. Like, I just wanted to also add something. I will never forget this interaction I had with this person. It's during sixth form. I don't even know their name, um, but I think they knew. I think I was already in year 15, I believe. And um, yes, I was in year 15 because she was in year 12. And she came into the room and she, we were just talking about something. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, my, my friend is doing an EPQ, which, by the way, for the people that don't know, is an extended project qualification, also known as HELL, uh, which we all know a lot about. Um, um, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but essentially, she was like, yeah, my friend is doing an EPQ about whether, which uh, uh, I'll just say it. Uh, about whether obese and people who smoke should be given NHS treatment. And then she goes, I would, I, would, I would want to know your opinion about that. And all I had to say to her was this, if it was your mom, what would you say? And suddenly, it just makes me so angry, suddenly the dialogue's different. Oh, she was my mom, then I definitely want her to get treatment. Okay, then, let me not get angry. Okay, then, let's not say stupid shit then. Because my dad, funnily enough, actually is obese and he also smells like a chimney but if he was to get into a hospital and ask for treatment i would expect them to treat him okay let's not talk like we're separate from other people this is what annoys me these people who think they're woke these people who think they're so cool like they know everything about the world will then say this stupid shit just because some people have made mistakes some people are Either they, they have some sort of thing that makes them gravitate. Maybe they are poor. That's what they can afford. As I haven't said, that's a, a very, very good point. Or maybe that's just something that they do. But we're then putting these moral codes on them and being like, well, maybe they shouldn't have treatment or maybe they should pay tax on this. And it's like, you're actually not fixing the system. You're actually not fixing the system. You're actually not examining why people might eat more or might eat fast food. There's the money aspect. There's the the food aspect and also there's something else which is time time people don't talk about this if you are if you are a single parent who has one child two children and you're working two shifts working one shift you're working a lot of time are you then expected to go home and cook them a nice meal you are but is it actually doable is it always doable sometimes it's just easy to give them something unhealthy Sometimes it's just, you just go McDonald's and pick up a happy meal and they're happy, you're not stressed anymore and you can actually have some time for yourself. But these systems of oppression are not fixed because you're not giving people time to actually spend with their children, to spend them with themselves, to actually cook these healthy meals. You're not giving them enough money to buy the ingredients for them and you're not actually examining why someone might actually seek out that comfort food. Is it that they have any things or maybe, or is it most commonly that they're just unhappy with their life, that they just want a little bit of comfort? I know I gravitate to food as comfort. Like, oh my God, I'm so like anxious about life. Let me just like have this meal and it feels so good. 
and maybe let me have another bit all right and I have not exceeded that like amount but like you know like I feel like we treat other people like as if they're not human beings and it really makes me angry that she asked me should people not get medical assistance get some fucking morals like I don't mean to be rude but get some fucking morals man like seriously people like that are so quick to demonize everyone around them until it turns out that the same thing is happening to somebody someone that they love and care about your loved ones aren't the only people in the world your loved ones aren't the standard of how you should treat human beings like someone isn't as valuable as their attachment to you they are a human being they're an individual on their own before before they're someone's daughter before they're someone's friend before they're someone someone else's anything they are someone on their own so for you to be that disrespectful to somebody like what who do you think you are that's terrible literally and like that's the thing that like i saw a post it was um it was on tiktok which uh, i don't know if you got tiktok but I, I i actually felt i resonated with so much which was so someone basically posted a tiktok saying oh is it rude but like people who like overshare when you don't really know them and like are like i really hate that because like i know they're needy and alone but like just don't dump that on me and then someone else duetted that they like basically the recorded video put it on this and then they said and they were like you know what actually it is rude because you literally know that person is suffering that they're lonely you understand the psychological reasons for it but you're still judging them and you're still being rude towards them and then i don't know if it was her or if it was someone else in the comments said and this is why i really resonate with some people who call themselves leftists socialists want this system of community and cooperation yet they don't have a an ounce of sympathy for the person they walk by walk by on the street and you can't call yourself a leftist and you can't call yourself a socialist and you can't call yourself i think a good person if you don't have an ounce of sympathy for someone else that you do not know you have no relation to because then how are you supposed to cooperate in an economic system or a new economic system how are you meant to work without monetary rewards if you don't even care about other people? Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like that's something that people don't understand. Like, get some empathy. And I'm sure that, you know, we're tall. You know, other people don't matter. You know, we live in an individualistic world. Other people are going to fuck you over. Be selfish. It's all about you. But you need to unlearn those things as well. I love how talking about our insecurities turned into this. I mean, everything's political, so... I agree. I agree. The personal is political. Oh, I was literally going to ask what's the quote. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Um, we said it again. Um, Betty Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Well, it, it actually wasn't high. It was just like the general second wave feminist okay. movement. Yeah, yeah. Don't know who originated with it in the first place. Do correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it was actually her. It was just like the general movement. Um, also, one question I wrote down. I think we can go into like the slightly deeper questions now. Um, but this is a question I really want to like ask you guys because this is going to go into a bunch of other things that we can discuss is do you feel on like a daily basis that you have to choose between being a feminist and making feminist choices or make it or feeling good about yourself hmm. do you want to say that again it needs to really settle in just repeat okay so do you feel like in like everyday life you have to choose between making feminist choices, aka perhaps not shaving, not putting on makeup, not caring about your appearance, da, 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 da. or do you then choose to just feel good about yourself, which means like shaving, putting on makeup, investing in skincare, like doing all those things. Do you feel like you have to, first of all, do you feel like you have to choose between them? And if you do, do you often choose one over the other? 
That's a very interesting question. I'm very happy you asked it because it's a lot of thinking that goes behind it. But I think I I read the book recently um, called uh, um, Feminists Don't Wear Pink, the book that's like a like, collection of essays and articles from like different famous people, different famous women. Um, and I think what I learned from that book is that it's a, one of the biggest misconceptions with the feminist movement is that every single feminist refuses to wear pink. Every feminist refuses to shave. Every feminist refuses to wear makeup. And I think that's like one of the issues with, that's why some people refuse to associate themselves with feminism. Why like a lot of women refuse to see themselves as feminists because they don't identify with those choices. But I think the one of the fundamental aims of the feminist movement is to ensure that everyone has choice so when I think of you know not shaving and not wearing makeup I think that I have a choice and as long as I have a choice to choose to do those things or not to do those things then I'm being feminist as long as I'm upholding my choice and upholding other people's choice to do so I think that's what being a feminist is I think Feminism isn't just about physical appearance. It's a, it's about the empowerment of women in specific, um, empowerment of how they feel in themselves, their confidence with like physically and non-physically. Um, but I think yeah, I think one of yeah I think a fault that we have and especially the media is to restrict feminism to that to like you know the stereotypical feminism doesn't shave doesn't wear makeup doesn't wear pink. And I think that's like so not what the feminist movement is or so not what a feminist is. There's so many different types of feminist, feminists and it's even men can be feminists. Like we have to remember that as well. And yeah, so like I shave because I like to shave because like if I don't shave my armpits, like my BO is really, really bad. <laughs> so it's just like small things like that as well. But one thing like being at all women's college the last few months at university I've come to realize that like being hairy is okay it's so normal and it's so natural so like now I do truly believe that I have a choice that if I want to shave my legs I will shave my legs but also if I don't want to shave and if I don't have time to shave then it's all right to go out with hairy legs so now now that I've I've truly realized that I have a choice to shave or not to shave and I have a choice to wear makeup or not wear makeup like I usually don't wear makeup but I also understand like I also have come to realize that sometimes I do feel more comfortable wearing makeup if my skin is having a bad day or if I'm going out doing something fancy I have the choice of wearing makeup or not wearing makeup so I think yeah I think as long as you have the choice to do either I don't think you're being feminist or unfeminist to choose either one if that makes sense I don't know if I explained that really well but you know no I totally understand your perspective um but I'm curious about heaven's opinion um I mean, okay, firstly, I just want to, just want to, not a disclaimer, whatever, I just want to say a little, um, I kind of, recently, the past couple of months, I've been kind of moving away from labelling myself as a feminist, and kind of more gravitating towards, like, womanism, because um, I've just, TikTok has been, as much as people chat the most shit about it, TikTok has been so educational and like so many amazing like really good educational videos will like come up on my for you page talking about how feminism has 
it's 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 basically like become like white feminism and it's not inclusive and not intersectional and you know womanism is a better term for my beliefs and my morals so I just wanted to I just wanted to put that out there um but yeah going back to your question um I think I think that's these are the kind of questions that feminism allows it's the kind of these are the kind of things that like womanism properly addresses where it's like you don't have to like oh sorry I feel like I'm stumbling all over my words but like with feminists and like white feminists and like white women that claim to be leftist they kind of see feminism and like women female liberation as being I'm not going to shave my legs or I'm going to shave my hair off because I'm pretty without my hair which okay yes 100% fair enough like I shave my hair myself of course I don't shave myself of course but it's like as a womanist that's not what I see feminism to be about you know like there are so many white women that speak about how they don't want to get married because they see marriage as oppressive um which 100% yeah I can I see where you're where they're coming from but then again it's like as a black woman many black women haven't been allowed to get married they haven't been allowed the privilege of getting married and like having a marriage that is respected um so I think like feminism doesn't really address things like this do you know what I mean so um yeah that's kind of my answer so I think as I've been moving more towards womanism I'm kind of like it doesn't matter if you shave it doesn't matter if you do the choice is your like that's literally the point the choice is yours and I don't think I think it's I think it's deep I think it's something that's important and like something that a lot of women struggle with but I also think it's not something that I personally struggle with it's not something that's like in my head personally well thank you for both of your answers I think I think they're very insightful I'll just put like my two cents in I think 100% agree that feminism has a lot of flaws I would love to do like a podcast about that you know be very 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 cool um and I think with the marriage point, you hit it on the spot. Because one thing I also like, obviously, like, I'm not trying to, like, put down the uh, Black experience. Like, I know a lot of, like, white LGBTQ plus people think they're the most oppressed people in the world, which they're not. Um, but, like, it's the same thing with gay marriage. Like, for a very long time, gay marriage is not allowed. It's still not allowed in very many places. The Catholic Church still has not allowed, even though other churches who are just seeing, like, less progressive have. So, you know, anyway. But like again, like marriage is a privilege, and 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 to say, well, I'm just not going to marry because it's oppressive. Well, first of all, I think it's, I feel like it's one of those institutions where you can really make it your own. I think marriage is like the one thing you can really make it your own, and whoever you marry, that marriage will be your own, and you can make it your own thing. You can't say that about capitalism, you can't say that about the court system, you can't say that about other institutions. But I think marriage is one you can really personalize. It's my personal opinion, anyway. With with like self image stuff, I feel like I my mind has been really sh- like going up and up because I do think that shaming women for their choices is inherently wrong. I do still stand by that idea. If I see someone who loves to put makeup on, that's fine. But TikTok, as you say, is a very, very insightful place. And I, there was this girl's pitch. I don't remember her name, unfortunately, but she's, she's amazing. And she was just saying, like, there are some choices that are informed by the patriarchy. So your idea of, like, of not shaving is because of the patriarchy. Mostly actually because of capitalism, because they want to sell more razor blades, but alas, continuing. Your idea of putting on makeup is because you look 
you look pretty without makeup. But if you were to live in a society where people do not like have this informed decision by beauty standards, you wouldn't wear makeup and you wouldn't shave and you wouldn't care if your hair is greasy or not greasy. You know what I mean? Because like no one would care about that. However, you are naturally would be seen as beautiful or would be seen as acceptable. And so when I make the choice to remove that, I over my boy hair, I know that choice is being informed by my by the beauty standard I have been indoctrinated with. And that's what makes my I'm not I'm not shaming other women for it. Like if you want to shave, if you want to make it, that's totally fine. I totally understand why I'm making that choice. But I feel guilty about it. I feel guilty for removing my body hair, even though I don't feel like because I don't feel like I actually have a choice. I'm like Jovan, I don't feel like I have a choice. I feel like I have to do it. Um with makeup, I don't wear as much makeup as I used to, just like a thing that I started with even before this. But like I used to feel like I had to wear makeup if I went in front of my Like you're gonna go out, you have to wear makeup. Like, and I feel like what I've been trying to understand is why do I feel like I have to make these choices, and why do I feel like I like I don't have a choice in it. Like I can't just go out with shorts and hairy legs, or I can't just go out without makeup if I'm going to a nice place. And I've been really trying to analyze that, and I think like it's been a really hard thing because I I don't feel like I have the choice to stop if that makes sense so that has just been a thing that as someone who discusses herself as a feminist as for now we'll just use that label as a feminist um it has been really kind of like hard because it's like I know I'm beating myself up constantly I, I play twice a week so which is like basically going through pain twice a week like that is not me having a choice. And I feel like it's me not being, not letting go of that male gaze, not letting go of those patriarchal standards. Um, I 100% agree with you. I also saw this woman who spoke, who said similar things about um, plastic surgery and claims, which makes very, very interesting arguments that plastic surgery is anti-feminist and people make out like women getting plastic surgery getting bbls and getting botox and this and that they make it out as something that's really liberating and empowering because it's like do what you want with your body but at the same time it's like we shouldn't forget like why you're doing it and it's like 100 percent. if you want to make your time living in the patriarchy easier go for like you, we can't blame you of course like it gets tough um and yeah i just think her arguments were really really interesting but like, what do you guys think about that? Like, do you think, yeah, what do you think about that? I have a question. Um, you know, um, a lot of people defend their use of plastic surgery by saying that they're doing it for themselves. They're doing it because they like how they look when they have, you know, Botox in their face and so on. Um, they're not doing it for a guy. They're not doing it to please other people. Do you think people genuinely mean that? Or do you think they, like you were saying, do you think they do that because they because of the beauty centered proposed by the patriarchy, that's why they feel good about themselves. I don't know how to explain that, but do you get what I mean? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I went to therapy a few months ago, and one thing my therapist says with me that has really stuck with me, um, well, many things, but the one I can apply to this example is there are two different like things I have going on. You have your conscious mind, you have your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind is working at all times in ways you do not realize because obviously it's a subconscious mind and and, and essentially and- i don't think these people are lying but i think what you fail to fully realize is for example if you have a nose that looks uh big for a woman 
not saying that that's true, but you know, like the standard that so doesn't look like a European nose, and you think, oh, I really want to get a nose job. Okay. Is yeah. it really you who's making that choice, or have you been taught that your eccentric nose looks better and you want to get that beauty standard because you think that's what you should aspire to? Same thing with a B- B- BBL. Yeah, BBL. That is one of the most dangerous surgeries you can get. Actually, the most dangerous one you can get. And it's simply to get a bigger butt. Now, if you look at beauty centers throughout time, back in the day, even in the 2000s, it was horrendous to have a big butt. You were seen as fat. But now, people want it. So what we're seeing is these, four, these yeah, exactly, like the, the kind of um, hourglass shape. So what we're, we're, we're seeing is, of course, our, those decisions are informed by the beauty standard. And I think if you're changing yourself permanently, it's not even like, just shaving your hair, like shaving your hair or putting on makeup, which you can take off your hair grows back, essentially. Is are you you're you're essentially permanently, obviously Botox is a different story, but you're permanently changing your body to fit the current beauty standard because you do feel better by yourself if you fit the if you fit the beauty standard. And like if you if you realize that, if you realize that you do all the thinking, you go, I still want to go for it, there's nothing I can tell you to stop you. But I do feel like this idea that I'm just doing it for myself is not realizing how indoctrinated those beauty centers really are in our minds at a subconscious level. Um, and I also want to link that back again to fat phobia because I just feel like it's, it's very similar to people saying they work out because they want to be healthy. People getting plastic surgery because it's empowering and they can do what they want with their bodies, which you can, but it's like, I feel like it's really naive and ignorant to like to act as if you would have made that same decision if you didn't live on this planet and like live with this patriarchy and like do you know what I mean like you don't live in this climate I guess is the word I'm looking for but like I saw this TikTok of this girl sorry I'm gonna be referring to TikTok a lot but anyways saw this TikTok of this girl um who looked South Asian but she had like a, a big nose um and she was duetting another video of the girl a different girl who had got a nose job um and the girl with the big nose was saying like oh congrats like you look so pretty now that you haven't got my nose anymore and it's like it's true like you're saying that you're doing all these things to make yourself feel better but at the same time you're making people that naturally have those features feel so shit about themselves and you're not acknowledging it at all like the own your sole focus is how your role in the patriarchy is now made easier and like you're not acknowledging your your supposedly fellow females, you know. My mum, <laughs> I just came in really weird with that, but um, my mum has always wanted to get a boob job. She's always been very, very insecure about her boobs, um, and she's always been very insecure insecure about her tummy, you know, because she's got roles because she's had two children, um, and so she's always wanted to, you know, do a tummy lift and do a boob job, and I've always always like said to her I'm not against plastic surgery but I'm against it when it comes to her because my mom doesn't realize that her beauty goes beyond her body and she and like even just looking thinking about her body my mom is so beautiful the way she is and like women that have saggy boobs or have a tummy rolls 
a lot of people forget to acknowledge that a lot of those women are mums. They've breastfed for years. They've had children. My mom had a, a cesarean so with my sister. So, she, you know, she's had a whole belly cut open to take a child out. And I, like, getting rid of those, like, natural features that I consider so beautiful and like a part of the miracle of life is really upsetting for me it's upsetting that my mom you know doesn't see beauty in her saggy boobs with stretch marks because those boobs fed me for a few months when I was a baby you know without the milk that came from those boobs I wouldn't be here and it's just like yeah the media really demonizes these like natural things that our body goes through and like our body um creates over time that are linked to such beautiful things. And yeah, I think plastic surgery, a, re- a danger of that is that it removes the beauty from those things. And yeah, it's really upsetting. That's like my personal experience with plastic surgery. Like I'm not against it, but I've always, always told my mom she doesn't need it because I think she's beautiful the way she is. And I think she needs to appreciate more what she's been through and what her body has been through. As you were speaking, it kind of just triggered a thought in my head. Um... So I just wanted to put this out there um, that in no way am I, or are we, I should say, are we trying to shame women who get plastic surgery or who want plastic surgery? We just want to point out, you know, to think about it a little bit. And also, like, I think it's very important for women that do want to stay natural to not develop a, like, superiority complex. Because as you were just speaking about my, your mum, sorry, my mum um has we were literally speaking about this like two days ago me and my mom she was telling me how you know she was created in god's image and you know she loves her body her body is a temple as it says in the bible um and she was just saying how she would never want to get plastic surgery because she would never want to change the body in which that you know that god gave her but it's like her decision to stay natural is drenched in superiority like she thinks she's so much better than women that choose not to stay natural and it's like that's not that's not what we're trying to promote or you know no that's not don't have a superior superiority complex period whatever you choose to do whatever choices you choose to make you're valid in most of the time you're valid in those choices depending on if you're being silly but you know that's not what we're talking about right now but yeah if you want to do something to make yourself feel more beautiful then I mean go for it just yeah. Yeah, like yeah, well, I think what we're trying to do is I think there's some uncomfortable things which by the way um I think I don't know when I was told I think it was back in 6 from like when you're having these discussions you're meant to always be uncomfortable and I think what people really mean by that is you're going to be uncomfortable at first. Right? And then you get kind of get easy into it. If someone says yo, I don't know Portuguese history is drenched in racism and colonialism. I don't really get uncomfortable by that anymore. Like I, I've accepted it. I'm. I feel horrible about it, but it's not like the white girl because we both know. Like we all know, white girl doesn't go anywhere. It's just about vi- making yourself the victim. Anyway, um, but like there's these sort of things that like make you uncomfortable when you first hear, it, and you're like, oh my god, like am I a bad person? Am I like have I been indoctrinated? Which, by the way, as politically active people, we never want to admit that we've st- we're still indoctrinated in something that's inherently bad. But that's why we have to have these uncomfortable conversations because I am the person that has always said to myself, I really want a boob job. I hate. To this day, I'm still learning to do it. I hate the shape of my boobs so much. Like, no matter how I try to look at it, I look at them and I think they're the ugliest thing ever. And it's not even that I hate having boobs. I like that. I don't like the way they look. 
And so I've always felt like I'm just going to get a boob job. And I'm really rethinking that because I'm thinking, am I really truly going to be happier if I change something about myself? Or would I be happier if we've just slowly over time learning to love it the way it is? And I, I think the second takes longer. I mean, it is free, but the second takes longer. And, but it ultimately will have me have feeling better about myself. And it's not the idea that, that like, um, I'm better than other people that have not gotten plastic surgery. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that, but it's just that like, I think sometimes a quick fixes to things. I'm not saying surgery is not like hard, but obviously it's like, a you get it, you get it done. It's done. I don't think those quick fixes really fix them, your mind. Like your mind is really what's causing these issues. Truly, it's not really your body. And one thing that actually I was thinking about when Giovanna was speaking is stretch marks. Like my mom from a very young age taught me that stretch marks were something that women had. Women have stretch marks. I have stretch marks. Your auntie has stretch marks and you have stretch marks. And that made me love them. I don't see my stretch marks as anything other than just like a beautiful thing because it is exemplifying me as a woman and part of my womanhood. And the, and the part that I've grown up. So like, like I don't shame people that find their stretch marks ugly because I think it was the way my mom made me see them and not every single mom does that. Because some moms also have those, compl- and it's not their fault. Um, but I found that to be something that I think is like, I appreciate my body the way, in that sense, how it naturally is. I have a top tip for our audience listening um something that I've been doing it's a bit weird but I'm gonna share it anyways because you know we're being open and honest here um something I've been doing like every day when I used to have my own room I'm back home now for summer probably won't be doing it now but what I was doing is that whenever I was like changing or like I was naked when I came out of the shower I kind of just dance in front of the mirror because I like look like I was saying earlier looking in the mirror has always been so uncomfortable but making it a comfortable fun experience has been so healing for me like I you know I play around my boobs I play around my my tummy rolls and like just dancing and feeling yourself naked is so healing and empowering because like you see yourself without all of the masks and like that the world expects us like clothes it's a mask you know it masks us Adam and Eve they were naked for most of their time in the Garden of Eden (laughs) um but yeah that's like a top tip that I would recommend you know just learning to love your all of your natural features slowly is can be very very healing so I would recommend doing that (laughs) I also want to agree with that sorry just because I have obviously struggled with my self-image and stuff for a while. But while I was at uni, because I was in my own room and because I was just, I was in my bed for the vast majority of my first year of uni. Um, So because I was in my room and I was on my own so often, I spent most of my time naked um, just because I I went to sleep naked. So I just, when I woke up, I just couldn't be bothered to put clothes on because I wasn't going anywhere. So I just stayed naked. Um, And so... Spending so much time without clothes on and having to actually like, because my, the way my room was like laid out, my bed had a mirror directly in front of it. So, and I was like facing that mirror. So I would constantly be seeing myself um, in my own skin. And it didn't, I'm not going to say it made me love myself and I feel so comfortable with the way I look and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's a process, you know, and we're slowly getting there. And yeah, I 100% agree with Giovanna's top tip because yeah it it helps um I actually have a very similar experience who knew um so my one's slightly different so it was actually back home I have a huge mirror in my bathroom because my bathroom is tiny so obviously if you have a big mirror it makes it seem bigger 
and it's right in front of the shower. And obviously, you stand there naked. Obviously, you have to take off your clothes, and you stand there naked. You, you're waiting for the. And one thing I just started doing was, I think, like way back before I even went to uni, is just look at myself naked before I go in the shower and it kind of covers me from like my head up to like my knees and like I've just been trying to like look at myself look at myself like the way I look and be like you look great you look amazing you look stunning and some days you believe it and some days you don't and that's okay I think like liking your body is not something that's like a kind of like straight straight line going up it's like it's, it's a turbulence thing because also you like gain weight you get certain things that change and some days i still look and i think no but some days i look and i think yes this is okay and um i think that's something that's like very important for like you to practice is also like the more you see yourself nick as you guys said the more you get used to it and also the more you, then you start appreciating the things that you do like about yourself and over time, the things you don't like about yourself, you also then start growing to like. Guys, I'm going to the gym later on after this talk, and I'm like, I'm feeling so empowered right now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you so much for 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 this discussion. I think it was lovely. I think you could actually be a part too. I think there's so much to cover. Yeah, there's so much to do. So, if our lovely viewers would like a part too, just let us know. Um. And yes. like, we'll post a suggestion box on a story where you guys can like ask us questions that we you would like us to answer about body image and beauty standards and stuff. So it's more interactive with you guys. Which is yeah, a great getaway to segue. Okay, what? <laughs> segue <laughs> to follow us on, uh, us on Instagram. It's at DPM podcast. With podcast with two T's. Podcast with two T's, bro. See, I know. Okay, you have to say that again. You have to say it's that again. Okay. That's embarrassing. You have to say that again. No, no, we're gonna keep that in. Um, it's DPM podcast with two T's because you know, obviously the other one's taken. Make sure to follow us. We'll be posting like little snippets of like information, uh, chat boxes, suggestions. Also, we can get you guys to say like ideas for podcasts. Um, and yeah, this is us this week. Also. We have this on our bio, but I just want to make it clear. We're going to try to, like, basically do this once a week. Um, we still don't really know which one will be the upload day. I guess it will vary depending on, like, our schedules. And if something really current is going on, we can put, like, a special one out. At least that's the format we have right now. Um, but, yes, please stay tuned for our next podcast, which will be about something very interesting. Definitely. And uh, have a nice day. Do you guys want to say anything? Thank you for listening. We love you. I love you too. And thank you for these conversations because it's always so empowering and beautiful to hear about our personal experiences. Yes, it is. I agree. Heaven, do you want to say anything? Um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, okay. And I just want to leave you with the fi- no, 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 no. Final message. Remember to live, love, laugh. Ah, yes, great. And that's on period. Yes, that's on period. <laughs>